It's time now for another Pinball Profile, recorded here live at the EPC. I'm your host, Jeff Gillis. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, and please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. Joining us right now, a pleasure to finally be spending some time with him, as I have earlier this week, Suran Boha. I hope I got the name close. It's fine, Jeff. You may <laughs> pronounce it any way you like. It's my mod in how to change your name, all right? And speaking of changing games, that's what you're really known for. You've saved a lot of great games. I can think of so many that come to mind. Radical. Let's talk about Radical. The first time I saw the Suron mod was the Free Play Florida last year, in fact, and a lot of people really enjoyed that. So let's talk, first of all, about why you changed so many of these games. Well, to make them better, of course, um, to fix bugs. It started uh, when I started to get into uh, competition pinball, say 10 years ago. I learned about these uh, deep rules knowledge of games and uh, that some of them were less uh, appropriate for competition usage for various reasons. That might be bugs or it might be scoring imbalances or it might be the fact that uh, a good portion of the game you don't really uh, use for anything. So that was really inspiring. My fascination with pinball machines and the way they work goes back uh, <laughs> a good number of years. Way back when I was a kid I was uh, sneaking into arcades probably at an age that was uh, well, I was a little younger than I was supposed to be. Was there an age restriction for arcades? Actually it was very liberal in oh. Denmark. Yeah, there were games everywhere, in fast food places and in uh, movie theaters. Yeah, I've, I've seen a few liberal places here. Christiana is one <laughs> that comes to mind. <laughs> However, the legislation on, uh, on amusement games was not that strict, so they were to be found uh, in a lot of places. But, as I'm sure you know, Jeff, recognize from yourself, and uh, what I'm sure that a lot of listeners can recognize from their <laughs> childhood as well, is when you went to these places, it wasn't necessarily to play the games, because <laughs> basically you, you ran out of money. Yeah, that's true. So it, it was more like, you know, being there, observing other people play, and um, I took that a notch further, because I could sometimes find myself uh, looking at games in a tract, if uh, the place wasn't that busy. So I was uh, observing these pinball machines, you know, looking at the artwork, uh, trying to read the rules of the inserts and the, uh, the targets and stuff. Okay, back when you were younger, were there a lot of pinball machines in Denmark? And what kind of machines were here? I wouldn't say there were huge collections in these places, but arcades were typically uh, smaller places that had uh, a bunch of uh, video games and then maybe one or two pinball machines. That was a typical thing back then. And later on, when uh, I started to play a lot in the 90s, of course, I got fascinated with you know, how pinball machines could really explode in your face. With all these uh, sound effects and light shows and how everything was uh, prioritized. And it got really curious about how did they do all this? I mean, this is amazing. I don't know if you've ever heard Steve Ritchie talk about how he got into pinball. It's very, very similar, too. Just the, the bells, the whistles, all, all the mechanics of it, too. And it's uh, kind of a very, very similar interest that you have with Steve. Yeah, of course, Steve Ritchie. You know, he's been in the business for 40 years plus, And uh, I guess he, he got hooked by the bug at an early age, too. 
But um, concurrently with uh, you know being into video games, home computers, and pinball machines, I was also uh, trained in in computer systems and program computers myself and stuff. So it kind of tied it together when uh, you got an opportunity to uh, to run pinball machines in a simulation environment on your home computer, and I started to dig into it. That was maybe around 2000, 2002, 3, 4. And then later on, when I learned about the competition pinball, I thought, hey, these wonderful pinball machines, uh, these wonderful playfields, um, they, they shouldn't necessarily be, you know, deselected by tournament directors because of uh, flaws in them. Maybe we could do something about it. There are a lot of flaws in pinball games. One of the games I had to play here at the Danish Pinball Open, and they wanted me to play a four-player game, was Back to the Future. I said, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Ball three, player four, can shoot the skill shot and take the high score. They didn't know about that, the Dad East game. I didn't know that either. Oh, there's a new project for you, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the Dad East games is uh, somebody else. No, your specialty is the Bally games, yeah. correct? And Williams. Yeah, Williams uh, System 11 and Williams uh, WPC was the ones I, uh, I attacked. So I mentioned off the top about Radical, all right? And explain what the bug was, or explain what the fix was that you created. Well, Radical is a very interesting one you bring up because when I started to dig into that, I knew it was going to be the most difficult one of all. And it proved to be, because after I, I fixed the major things, there was just a plethora of bugs that kept coming at me, kept coming at me more and more and more and more. Also also minor things like light shows. When they shipped the game originally, the, the first one to come off the production line usually brought up two or three updates. They didn't necessarily make it out to the fields in any machine. They were already in, gone in, out in the field, in, yeah. In any machine, and it was quite complicated to update. But Radical never went further than version one of the software. So no, for that particular game, no, there wasn't, uh, <laughs> there wasn't any updates actually. But they, to get back to your question about that game, the two major things is that the jackpot you, or Mega Million as it is called on Radical, is very unfair in that game because it's random and it goes from a wide span from 3 million to 10 million. So already there, it's a deeply unfair game for competition purposes. We're talking multiplayer too, but yeah. even still, if you were playing in a herb score or a yeah. pump and dump, yeah, there's some... It's already disqualified there, sure. completely, completely, totally useless. The other major flaw it has is uh, the lock stealing. And I would like to say that I don't necessarily see lock stealing as a problem for competition usage. On some games, it's fine. On some games, it's even, you could say, it acts to the excitement about the game. But on Radical, you take so much away from the other player when you steal that ball. So much progress that the other player has to do from the bottom, from the start again, so it doesn't work on Radical. So the change you made was? The change I made was that what I call soft lock stealing, because a game with physical locks, I mean, the balls would go in and out of the lock trough in various, um, as the games uh, go along. So I fixed it so that's the only thing you miss if you put a ball in the lock that another player is uh, playing is that you have to put it back in. You don't lose any progress and other players don't advance on top of your progress. It's simply a matter of everybody has to play multiball on their own merit and the only thing you can lose is that you have to make one shot again and that's put the ball back into the trough or balls in other games. I saw at your underground place, you and Peter Anderson and some of the other partners that you had there, I'm going to boot the name, but it's Flipper Kellagen. Exactly right. Exactly right. I exactly got it right. right. 
Gosh, if I could only play pinball the way I can yeah, speak. You've been here a few days now, uh, Jeff. <laughs> You're advancing on the language. Well, when we played our Pinball Profile World Tour event, I saw a lot of sewing ROMs, and it was pretty incredible to see. Uh, you had one on Mousing Around. What'd you do there? Yeah, right now uh, at our place, we have uh, the Adams Family, Mousing Around, Radical, Junkyards. Uh, what am I missing here? Is Junkyard just the video mode? Is that what you did? On Junkyard, I made it so you couldn't play the video mode over and over again on the GOG search. And I also removed it from the uh, Mystery, Magic Bus, as it's called on there. With a few exceptions, like a ball making a sneak and stuff like that, you really play a maximum of one video mode per ball, which I think is a fair balance between ripping it out entirely and having this game where you play video mode a lot. Well, that has taken place over in North America, too. I've seen that ROM that you've done. It was features that... I believe in this last year, yeah, Jim Belsito, he, uh, he asked for it and a few more other ones and um, I was happy to uh, to work with him on that. The Surin Roms are all across the globe too, but you said Adam's Family, what'd you do there? Adam's Family basically uh, does two things with the magnets. It shortens the time it takes for it to time out and it makes it so it only starts when you hit shots that are not on the main objective of what you are doing. So to explain, in multiball, you can advance towards lighting jackpots and you can make your jackpot shots without the magnets go on. So if you play like a top player and make your shots, the game allows you to make your shots without teasing you with the magnets. However, as soon as you have a ball in the wild, stand-up targets, slingshots, pop bumpers, the magnets goes at you and teases you and throws the ball around. However, if you survive this and trap up, the magnets go off in three seconds. So As opposed to what was it, 15, 20? It was 15 before, yeah. Chris Stevens used to notoriously be known <laughs> yeah. for holding that, and just, you know, every time the games would be long on Adam's Family, everyone kind of nods, so thanks, Chris. Yeah. So um, it's like, I ask myself, how can this be improved? And I don't like to switch off the magnets because they're part of the game. You can see on the play field, it says uh, the power and stuff like that. It's nice to keep the feature, just tweak it a little, so it rewards uh, skill play and it doesn't necessarily mean that people are trapping up and um, waiting that long. So it's so much better now. I'm, I really, really like the way it plays now. I'm a smile from ear to ear when I play Adam's Family because you start the multiball and you work towards the jackpot and you're in control and everything is fine. All of a sudden, you hit a stand-up target or it goes into the slings and boom, the magnets come at you like a beast and throws it around. But if you survive this and trap up, it goes off. Three seconds. It goes up. Off, almost right away, and you can uh, try to make a jackpot shot again. I'll Great tell time. you, I wish there was a Surin Rom. Years ago, I was in a playoff, and it was a ladder match. So the worst score was gone in a four-player game. And the game was Elvira and the Party Monsters. And boy, if ever a Surin Rom was needed for that, you have one now. I own an Elvira and the Party Monsters, yes. And uh, of course, I've done some... Uh, put some mind into what to do with it, but I don't really know what to do with the ramps. Of course, lock stealing, that's an obvious one, but the uh, the, the ramps, how they advance uh, based on uh, how you play, which is fine and for something and maybe not so fine for some other things. I, I, I don't know what to do with them. So that will have to wait a little. You know, in North America, there's somebody else who's doing their best impression of doing the Surin Roms, and yeah. Scott Charles uh, yeah. did it on Stars too, with the the wow or whatever you want to call it, the special. 
you got me that, Jeff, because I'm shameful to admit that I've never played a Stars in my life. So I don't know much about that game. I expect you to have a single tear right now because that is a great game. I've heard, I've heard. You'd love it. Well, yeah, yeah. But let me just say a big shout out to Scott and Chad who does the DTE stuff. And uh, there was a few European dudes also doing uh, software work uh, on pinball machines uh, years ago. So um appreciate the, the brotherhood of uh, Rob Martyrs we are and uh, <laughs> for uh, sure. shout out to them. Are you speaking to each other on a forum? Are you in touch with a lot of these people that are, you know, really changing some of these classic games for the better? Of course. Oh, okay. We're, we're the secret cult, you know. Oh, I bet they're <laughs> like Freemasons? <laughs> Stone cutters from The Simpsons? But uh, yeah, we, we, we communicate a little and uh, help each other a little and uh, stuff like that, you know. So. We mentioned Steve Ritchie earlier. Today, I saw for the first time ever something I've been waiting to see for a long, long time. And it was Roller Games, a Steve Ritchie classic. And you put a CERN ROM on that because I've always wondered... How does sudden death happen? Because you want to talk about a great disadvantage. When that pops up for somebody and you don't get it, game over. But you fix that with help from Ron Hallett from Slam Tilt. Yeah, shout out to Ron. He was uh, inspiring me because he, he, made a, he made a series on Twitch where he, uh, he, he made a stream by himself in his basement of each of his games. And he was swearing <laughs> left and right over uh, roller games. Oh, I should be fair. He was uh, half laughing at the game, left and right, and shaking his head because, what's going on with this sudden death? Why is it? What what makes it start? And uh, what's going on here? And um, it's random, but it's also uh, you cannot trap up and wait for it to happen. It's like the most switch hits you get. Uh, sooner or later, you you run into it. So the longer you play, the the higher is the likelihood that you 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 run into it at some point. But again. What to do about that? You fixed yeah. it with the mysteries. Yeah, I thought, I thought to myself, I, I don't like to rip things out of the games, you know. The original designers, they put a lot of effort into this, and uh, what they made, and uh, if, if the playfield indicates that something is available, it should be. So the decision I made for this one was, I'm going to, to do uh, the mystery as a fixed order anyway, uh, to even out the playing field for everybody. And so uh, I put it in as number three, so we get it as the number three awards in the mysteries. So it's not the first thing. It's not an obvious thing to get on each game. You have to work a little to get it, but it's definitely achievable. Now, we've talked about Ron, but his partner, Bruce Nightingale, yeah. despises almost every single Gottlieb game. Have you ever tried tackling a Gottlieb game? Because you want to talk about some scoring imbalances. There might be a few on some of those old Gottlieb games. Yeah, and we have a TXX at Killan. It is on loan now, but uh, we've had it for a long time, and of course, it's tempting to see what can we do here. But what's the scoring exploit there? Would the, I mean, I just ripped. The oh, it's just it's yeah, spinners all day. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. But you uh, want to make it maybe a little more. Actually, the spinners all days games, you, you can adjust yourself because you can uh, tweak the spinner to rotate easier, harder. You know, sure. so you can fix them to one or two spins. Sound like Jim Belcito like getting ready for Indisc. Uh, just <laughs> don't give many ideas. Yeah. But no, the thing is, Jeff. There's a huge margin to climb before you make your first little bit tweeny tweak on these things. Each system is different, so you have to learn the system before you can do anything in a safe manner. And you know, in a serious, serious, if not professional, then at least to a professional effort. So Godlips is not uh, something I've dug into yet, and uh, never say never, but uh, it's not, it's not, it's not coming tomorrow. Let me say. <laughs> Well, sir, and I wish I had more time. We have to get back to our matches here, but I appreciate everything you've done. I appreciate that we're seeing these ROMs in North America. Thank you so much for what you've done. Thank you. If 
anybody want to check this out, uh, I try to keep uh, everything on till forms and the uh, pin sites completely up to date with all the information I have. And I would like to say thank you to the collaborators I've had and the people who support this and the people who embrace pinball and like pinball development like this. And last but not least, I would like to say a big thanks to all the original designers and programmers of pinball machines from way back to uh, present day for all the hard work and all the efforts they put into it. Uh, we love the games. Thanks. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you very much. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. Also look for us on Instagram. Please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. I'm Jeff Teolis. Change it. Turn and face the strange. Change it.